As you find your seats, if you'll turn with me your Bibles to Genesis, Genesis 11. Good morning, my beloved Orangewood family. There's no place like home. Amen. Uh, it really is true. I had the privilege last week of being in Colorado, uh, Colorado Springs, and preaching for a friend in a great PCA church called Village 7. Uh, the early service had a full orchestra and a full uh, robed uh, choir. Um, it was pretty amazing. For some of you who were saying amen to that, uh, uh, it was awesome. They, they changed gears pretty quickly and come out with a, a different set for their second worship service. And it is just great being with God's people anywhere. Is that not true? But there's no place like home. And so uh, it is great being with you all again this morning. Genealogy is the study of what? Good response. That's a great kind of, I mean, come on. You're smarter than that. Genealogy is the study of what? Families, right? Uh, basically, our, our family tree. Has anybody here uh, studied their genealogy, their family tree? Any, okay, just one. Sally and me are the only one. Well, uh, I guess if you're from West Virginia, maybe it doesn't have too many uh, branches off on it. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, it's interesting. My family tree, it includes names like Manly and Strong, uh, both family names. And my father thought it'd be a good idea. Hey, why don't you name your firstborn Manly Strong Jakes? Talk about a kid who's going to have issues right there, right? So uh, we didn't keep that going. But genealogy is really important. Uh, it's important for us to kind of know where we've been. Uh, it's important for us to remember how we have gotten here. Uh, it's important for us to remember our, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I guarantee you, in every family tree, you will find good, you will find bad, you will find ugly. Uh, but it's important for us to, to remember those things, to know who we are. And again, how do we get here? Well, the Bible is really God's family gene- genealogy. It's a story of God's family tree. It's, it's our heritage. As we look through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it connects our story to the past. And that's important to those who have gone before us and explains how do we get here? And I love the beauty of God's word. I love how, how transparent our great God is. Because he knows what he shares with us. He shares with us the good. There's not a lot of that, except for Jesus. The bad and the ugly. And he shows us that every single one, from Adam to us now, and to maybe our great-great-grandchildren, there's one thing that's really clear. Do we need Jesus? Do we need a Savior? Do we need somebody who can come and rescue us and, and separate our sins for us? And, and by God's grace, as we look through the Bible, we see that God has connected us to this family. But we are connected to the family of God by God's grace, his mercy. And it's through faith. And by God's grace, through faith and, and what he has done in Jesus, it connects us to Jesus. But you know what it also does? When you read the Bible, it, it connects our failures to our father's failures. I mean, their story is hauntingly familiar to ours. You know, God shows us the men and women of the Bible, and we see, wow, they're broken people. They're frail people. Uh, They're a mess. And yet, by God's grace, we see that Christ makes beautiful things, beautiful things out of us, out of dust. And we see how, how God himself repairs what we've broken how God himself, through the work of his Son and the power of the Spirit and the good news of the gospel, makes new those who were dead and makes us alive, those who have been separated by God from our sins. So uh, why do we look back? I mean, this morning we're going to go back to Genesis. And a lot of people say, well, why, why go back? Why go back that far, even to the beginning? Well, let me tell you why. 
Uh, we're going to leave Acts. We're going to pick it back up in the fall. We've been kind of between Genesis and Acts. But we want to celebrate our story. This is our story. And we want to celebrate it. We look back to avoid mistakes, to say, yeah, those knuckleheads did it that way. Maybe I should avoid those things. Uh, to show us not only where we've been, but where we are going. But more than anything, why do we go back? To celebrate God. He is so good. To bring God glory, to sing his praises, to be reminded, listen, to be reminded of his faithfulness. I love what Romans 15 says. It says, all the stories that happened in the past were written for, for this for us. I mean, these aren't stories just for back there that we're supposed to look back, but they're stories that that God wants to intersect our lives with, and especially through the gospel to bring them alive to us. So this morning, we will begin our journey again in Genesis, and guess what? We're going to pick off right where we left off. The last time we were in Genesis, we went through 1 through 11. Uh, We got to the Tower of Babel. Uh, Today, we pick up the story, and we're going to look at uh, the faith of our fathers, it's interesting, as you look for a title, um, you know, it's, I can't tell you how much time I spend on titles. You guys look at it for about two seconds, and I understand that, but I lament over them. Uh, this one's called Faith of Our Fathers. I could have called Faith and Failures of Our Fathers. Uh, but when I say fathers, uh, don't feel like this is a sexist comment. Uh, this is a faith of our fathers and our mothers. Um, but it's really, we're going to look specifically to Abraham. We're going to look at his life and his faith and those who have blazed the trail before us. Uh, Our father, Abraham, what a man of faith. So you ready? You ready? You ready? Our father, Abraham, had many sons and many sons had father, Abraham. I am one of them and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. I was wimpy. Come on, one more time. Father, Abraham, had many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham, I am one of them, and so are you, so let's just praise the Lord. Hey, if you don't know that song, you probably didn't uh, go to church, no problem, we're so glad you're here, but if you're around, uh, if you're around the church at all, uh, that's one song you almost always grow up singing. And it's interesting, it's a song about a man who was basically had a barren wife, uh, who really didn't have many sons uh, in the beginning, and so how in the world did Abraham have many sons? And how in the world, listen, how in the world are you one of the sons of Father Abraham? That's the point today. All right, we're going to see what the blessings that God has given to this man and to giving, uh, given to us. So as we pick up Abram, his name's going to start as Abram. It's going to change to Abraham. We will see the true hero of this story in all stories is God. The hope is not Abraham. The hope is in Abraham's God. And we will see that it's really God is blessing uh, with a family seed. We're going to see these things. They'll be in your bulletin. God is blessing with a family name. God is blessing with a family land. And God's blessings are always to be a blessing to the nation. So let's look into God's holy and errant word. Um, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Written by Moses. Uh, but uh, really the Holy Spirit breathing God's very being upon him. Uh, this word is for us. Genesis 11 verses 27 through 12, 9. Hear God's words. Now these are the generations of Terah, or Terah fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran fathered Lot. Haran died in the presence of his father, Terah, in the land of his kindred, in Ur of Chaldeans. I'm going to just stop there for a minute. What is it like to have a son die in the presence of a father? 
And we're reminded that God's family is amazingly broken. And Abraham and Nahor took wives. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. And the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarah was barren. She had no child. Let's hit pause there again. I mean, again, Scripture, Holy Spirit wants us to know. This is going to be where we come from. And by the way, the story starts off barren. Sarai had no children. Terah took uh, Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, and his, sons, and his son Abram's wife. And they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to, the, to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Interesting, named after his son who passed away. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot with him. Abram was 75 years young, or old, when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they had came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, to the oak of Marah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your seed, or to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country of the east of Bethel and pitched his tent. From Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. Let us pray. And Father God, we ask that you would be so merciful and gracious to us. That the spirit of Jesus would clearly be here to teach us. And to speak clearly to us. And Father, we ask for your glory and the health of your church. That you would give us ears to hear the voice of our Savior Jesus. That, God, you would give us minds to understand your word. I mean, Moses wrote this a long time ago, specifically for the people who were wandering in the desert. But God, because inspired by the Holy Spirit, he wrote this for us too. So give us minds to understand your word. Father, we ask that you would give us hearts to embrace your truth and to believe uh, your love for us. And, And, God, that we would have hearts of faith and hearts of love. That, God, where our hearts are cold because of sin or, or dark because of unbelief, God, even today, would you move into those areas and maybe even, if necessary, create in us a clean heart or a new heart. And Father, we ask that you'd be with us in a way that uh, you would empower our feet to walk in your truth, that we may live our lives worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, the things that I say that are wrong or merely my opinion, may those things fall away and be forgotten. But the things that are said that are true, 
that contain good news. The good news of a Savior named Jesus who has come to rescue us. Would you use those things to make us more like your Son, our Savior? And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. This incredible passage of Scripture, we're going to see from barrenness to blessedness. And we're also going to see the recipe that God uses for his family. Did you notice the recipe? <laughs> Did you notice those whom, whom God is pleased to choose? Uh, a man named Abram, a woman named Sarai, and by the way, no kids. This is Father Abraham. This is the one who has many sons. This is the one that God is going to bless all the nations with. And, and let's just stop and ponder afresh the beauty and the grace of God. Who does he choose to use? The barren. The broken, the fractured, the sinful, the stumbling. Those who are created in his image who need to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. But God's family's a mess. So there's room for you. And there's room for me. And by God's grace, we're going to see that uh, this is who God's family portraits continually show. And remember, it's not what you have that makes you useful to God. It's faith. It's by God's grace, faith that God can use you, use me, that God calls the barren to be fruitful in Christ Jesus, that he calls those who have the propensity to wander um, by God's grace to be used to, to bring him glory. Rejoice, rejoice, my brothers and sisters. And God's family is, is, is filled with us, the broken. Rejoice, he doesn't look for those who have it all together because he wouldn't have a family, would he? He doesn't, look like, he doesn't look for those who just uh, on their own are strong and on their own are, are capable. He chooses the weak. And through the weak, he does amazing things. What I want to also start with is this, is, is the command that God gave to Abram. The command was this, you go and I will show you. You go and I will bless you. You go, you step out in faith and I will provide. One thing is very clear about this is who the hero is. It's, it's God. God is the one in this passage who does the blessing. God is the one who does the making. God is the one who get, does the giving. We sing about faith, Father Abraham. But you know what this passage really points to? The Father in heaven. Father God. I mean, the God who is our provider for us. And what a great provider. God's command on, on Abram's life and our life is to go. And you know what that means? It means this. Walk by faith. Go and I will show you. How does that work for you? How does that feel? How much do we want to be shown where we're going before we go? I mean, really, okay, uh, we want to do our due diligence, but, but oftentimes we want to sit and say, okay, God, uh, I'm willing to go. Can you show me? Uh, can you make sure the path is clear? Can you make sure it's going to be healthy for me and my family? Can you show me where I'm going? And the beauty of our God is, listen, our God has given us the great privilege of walking by faith, not by sight. And that brings him great glory because that makes his people very dependent upon him. Walking by faith is scary, isn't it? I mean, walking by faith takes faith. I mean, it takes faith that God is going to provide for you. I look at the times in my life that God's called me to walk by faith, and, and i got to tell you, sometimes I'm embarrassed of how poorly I've walked. You know, I, 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 by God's grace, he allows us to see dimly. It's a grace of God. 
that calls us. Why? Because we're dependent on the Father. Let me ask you this question. If you knew exactly where you were going when God says to go, how close would you walk with God? You know what? I know you. You're like me. I mean, you become self-sufficient so quick. And if we knew clearly the future, if we knew clearly um, where we are going tomorrow and, and beyond, we wouldn't walk with God. And God longs to walk with you. And God longs to be with you. And you've got to see, this is so gracious of God to say, go, and I will show you. Walk by faith. You know, this is not let go and let God. I've got to tell you, I'm not a real big fan of let go and let God. Now, if that's your motto, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to mess with you. But let go and let God feels like, like you're just like this bobber going down the river. You have no mind. You have no responsibility. You just, it's just let go and let God. Now, there's a thought of that that I can understand. But really here is what he's saying. Not let go and let God, but go and trust God. Can you replace that with go and trust God? Go where he's calling you to. Abraham had faith that God would provide. Uh, and it's amazing because Abraham is able to live in faith between the gap of God's promises and his reality. I mean, let's say pause there for a minute. This man lived with incredible promises of God. He promised him when he looked at his barren wife and he says, I'm going to make you a mighty nation. <laughs> I'm going to make you a great people. <laughs> I mean, eventually he's going to say, I'm going to give you more descendants than the stars of the heaven. I mean, God is going to say, through you, I'm going to bless all the nations. And here he is, wandering nomad. Think of the gap. Think of the gap between God's promises to Abraham and his reality. I mean, they're, they're astronomical. Yet he had faith. Faith that, that God would provide. I want you to know that's our call too. I mean, that's our call too, because God has promised us what in Christ Jesus? Life and life abundantly. I mean, he, he's promised us joy in the journey. He's promised us heaven on earth, that God would be here with us, and that we could, that could walk and know and love him. And isn't there a gap, my brothers and sisters, between sometimes our current reality and the promises of God? But we know that in Christ Jesus, they're all yes. You know... God, I love this, God promised Abram so much. And we're going to see that, that Abram, Abram was willing to negotiate so much less. I mean, Abram kept, kept on lowering God's promises down to, hey, forget a promised son, Isaac. Let's just take, let's just take uh, Ishmael. I mean, there's going to be so much we're going to see that, that God says, I, I want to give you lavish love upon you. I want to bless the nations through you. And he says, I, I don't need that much. Just give me a little bit. Just give me blessings here. And I love this. God's promises don't fail and God's promises don't diminish. And all that God is going to promise him and to us, we will receive. We see this. We see a first thing is God's blessing of a seed. Um, really important to Abraham is this, this uh, motif of a seed. It's God's family seed. It's a, it's a major theme that runs throughout the entire Bible that will point us right to Christ. You see, there was a promise made when God created all things in paradise and everything was good, but then men and women rebelled. And when the curse came upon us in Genesis chapter 3, God so graciously gave us a promise that from the woman, 
From the woman's seed, there would become one who will crush Satan. There was going to be one, a seed that would come that would, that would make all things new. There was a seed to come that would bring hope. And the seed is ultimately going to find its way to who? Jesus. He's the one born of a woman. I mean, there's, there's this one seed that's going to make its way through this one blessings. I mean, how many of you all got started reading the Bible? And uh, you get to about Leviticus and you come to a grinding halt, right? I mean, sometimes you think you start off so good and then you kind of miss things. And then how about genealogy? I mean, sometimes the genealogy of the Bible, I mean, it's, 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 it helps you sleep at night. But the question is this, why is it there? Why does God care who gave birth to this and that and that and that and that and the generations? Why? Because he wants you to remember this, that he made a promise and he made a promise and God cannot lie. He keeps his promises. And there's a, there's a seed that will come. And the seed that will come is Jesus. And the one who will make all things new is Jesus. And, and here we have this promise given way back in Genesis 3.15. And now we see it in Abraham being realized. Not realized fully. But we see it clearly. Let me make sure that we all understand this, Paul. Because we have this lens that we could see Abraham through the cross. And we can see Abraham through the, what happened in the New Testament. And Galatians 3.16 says this, Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring, or his seed. It does not say into his offsprings, plural. Referring to many, but to one. And to your offspring, or to your seed, who is Christ. So you have, you have in Abraham this blessing of a seed. And this blessing of a seed is God's family. And this whole blessing that he's going to be a blessing to all the nations, guess who it's going to be pointing to? The only one who will be a blessing to all nations. It's Jesus. Abraham had faith that God would provide this blessed seed. And again, the distance between God's promises and Abraham's reality were incredible. Let's look at that for a second. He was 75. He was 75 when he departed Haran for the promised land. And by the way, Sarai was barren. And if you're that old, you haven't had kids yet, <laughs> something seems broken. And sadly, in that society, that's, that's a sign that, that God's not pleased with you. I mean, that, that's, that's a reproach upon this woman. God's promises and Abraham's reality. And again, from this vantage point we have in history, we know that God kept that promise. We know that that seed continued and approved and pointed to God. Here's the point. God has a proven track record. Some of you need to hear that. Listen, God has a proven track record. He does keep his promises. His timing is often, most of the time, not our timing. But we know, we know, we know, we know that God is true. And his promises find their yes in Christ Jesus. A blessed seed has come. God has also promised a blessing of a name. He says, I will make your name great. I will make your name great. Now, here's, here's what we got to do. We got to stop here. We got to remember, okay, where does this fit in the Bible? And this is Genesis 12. And right in Genesis 11 is the Tower of Babel. And the Tower of Babel is a story that, that when God sent the people to scatter and fill the earth with his glory, it's always been his plan, they stopped they stopped in a, in a particular plain of Shinar, and they, they stopped in this place called Babel. And here's what they said. They said, let's make for ourselves a great name. Let's make for ourselves a great city. Let's make for ourselves a tower that will go to heaven. 
And God says, never been my plan. It's never been my plan for you to build the city of man. It's never been my plan for you to make a name for yourself. It's never been my plan that, that you will build the tower to heaven. I come to you. And here you have this beautiful thing. And if you put it right next to the Tower of Babel, it makes such beautiful sense. The people were trying to earn a name for themselves. And God says, I got a better way. And my way is I'm going to give you a name. Are you ready for this? I'm going to give you my name. I'm going to share with you my name. And it's the greatest name. It's the name above every name. In the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And and it's that name of God that he shares with us. He says he will give us a name. If you look at uh, Genesis 11, 11 verse 10, it starts this genealogy. It says this, these are the generations of Shem. And it goes on and lists the generations of Shem. And someone will say, Shem, yeah, that's nice. Ready for this? Guess what Shem means in Hebrew? Name. Going to give you a name. Guess what? Abraham's connected to Shem. Shem's connected to Noah. Noah's connected to Seth. Seth is connected to Abraham or Adam. And we see that this promise of the seed runs through, this promise of a name that runs through all of Scripture that will ultimately give us the name above every name and the name of Jesus. How incredible. Revelation 3.12 will tell us that, that God is going to share his very name with us and graven it on our hearts. That his name he will share. Here's what he says to his family. Your family tree will have my name on it. And that's the name above every name. Your family tree has such, humanly speaking, such rotten, broken pieces, doesn't it? That's not going to be your identity. That's not your name. That's not the way the Father sees you. He sees you through the name of His Son. What glory, what blessedness is ours. Don't earn a name for yourself, Abram. You don't have to go there and try to, try to make it yourself, man. I'm, I'm there. I'm giving you a name. How gracious is our God. Not only will he give us a name, the name that is great, he'll give us a blessing of a land. And this was important. He says, a land that I will show you. And again, unlike Babel, we don't build a city for ourselves. God gives us a land of blessing, a land flowing with milk and honey. And by the way, it's not America. I mean, it's ultimately going to be uh, the new heavens and, and the new earth. But here is this. What is, what is the land of blessing? It's, it's the city of God. It's the nation of God. It's a place where God and man dwell together. Not the city where man is building for his own glory. Let me, let me read you. Uh, let's, let's look at it again. We have such the privilege of the New Testament. If you have your Bibles, Hebrews 11, and this hall of fame of faith. Let me read this to you. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of a place that he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. That's called walking by faith. By faith, he went to live in a land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that had foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah, Sarai, becomes Sarah, Sarah, herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she was considered 
uh, him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man uh, and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as, as many in, as the innumerable grands of sand by the sea. And they go, goes on to say they didn't receive all the promises, but they kept walking by faith. Here's the point. We're longing too. We're sojourners too. There's more to come. There's a new heaven, a new earth that's going to come. There's a day coming with no more tears and no more sorrows and no more cancer and no more divorce and no more prodigals. We too seek that city that is to come. And we are sojourners until it does come. But here's the reality. We live today. We live today for God's glory, to advance his kingdom, to make his name known. Lastly, God's blessing to be a blessing. You know why God blesses us? Because he loves us. But you know why he blesses us? It's always a so that. God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. And here's God's plan. Let me tell you, if you wonder what God's plan is for the world, it's always been this way. It'll never change. God's plan for this world is to fill it with his glory. It's to be a place where Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords from every tribe, tongue, and nation and people group. That's always been his plan. And he blesses us. Why? To be a blessing to others for his glory. And we are here. It says, through you, Abraham, through this seed, through this promise, you will be a blessing to all the families of the earth. All of them. That's our role. How do we do that? I'll tell you one of the most important things is pray for the nations. <laughs> Look what's happening right now in Ukraine, Syria. I mean, again, I, there's always wars and rumors of wars. And a Christian, <laughs> you being a blessing to the nations is you. Here's, here's what you pray. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. He taught, teaches us to pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. Church, it's our responsibility to be praying for the nations. Church, it's our responsibility to say, thy kingdom come. The hope of the Ukraine, the hope of Syria, the hope of the U.S., the hope of Central Florida is the gospel. It's Jesus. And we are the ones that are bring that hope. He calls us his ambassadors. He calls us his witnesses. And, and as a part of the family, we have the privilege to bless the nations. That's our calling. It's our privilege. It's our responsibility. Blessings to be a blessings. The promised seed uh, to come has come. And his name is Jesus. And now we, through the gospel, through the good news of what Christ has done, are to be a blessing to the nations. We're going to come, we're going to celebrate communion. And this is a tangible reminder. Listen, this is so beautiful. For those of you who are, who are struggling and weak, uh, this is a tangible reminder. God wants you to, to touch and to taste his promises. And he wants us to be reminded that his promises are true. That the seed has come. And Jesus came, you ready for this? He conquered all of God's and our enemies. Satan is a vanquished foe. Still, still powerful, but he's defeated. Death has been defeated. Heaven has been opened up. And, and he wants us to, to remember until he comes back of the promises that are true in Christ Jesus. He wants us to remember that Jesus, the name above every name, was given to us. This is, to, this is for the family. 
This is for the family. This is for those of us, by God's grace, who have faith. Faith in the same God that Abraham had. You see, we, we are different than Abraham. We're similar. Abraham had faith that God would provide a seed that would be named Jesus. You know what? That's how he was saved. That's how it was credited to him as righteousness. And that's how we have a linkage to him. And that's why we are part of the many sons and daughters of Father Abraham. It's by God's grace, through faith, and the seed that was to come, named Jesus. And because he has come, he will not fail. And we're to do this until he comes again. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your incredible grace to Abram and to Sarai. A 75-year-old with no kids and a barren wife that you say, I'm going to bless you so much, you'll be a blessing to the nations. And Father, that blessing is only realized in the seed that was to come, your own son, our Savior, Jesus. And God, we ask that you would come and you prepare our hearts again to be reminded of your promises that are true. Be reminded that thy kingdom has come and it will come in its fullness. And that right now we are to be a blessing to the nations for the name of Jesus' sake. God, we ask that you would be pleased with our tithes and offerings not because we're trying to earn your love, but because we've received your love and we received your name. In obedience, we want to give back to you. Holy Spirit, come and come not only bless this offering, but bless your people as they prepare to come before you at this table. We pray in Christ's name, amen.